Let's talk about some autistic-friendly travel tips. Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about some of my tips and tricks that you can implement in your life as an autistic person, as a highly sensitive person, as a neurodivergent person to make traveling a little bit more easy and comfortable for you. I myself am going on a pretty big trip overseas for three weeks pretty soon. This is why I wanted to make today's video because as I was preparing for this trip, there's a lot of things I started to notice about my preparation process that is probably unique to me because I'm a neurodivergent person that I just wanted to come on here and share with you guys because I'm hoping it will be helpful for you to implement in your own life when you are traveling yourself. I feel like it's so necessary as a neurodivergent person and as an autistic person to be able to get out of your comfort zone in order to get stimulated, in order to get inspired, and experience these new things but at the same time I feel like there are things here and there that you can do to make that experience more enjoyable and more comfortable for you because I do know that we do struggle with sensory sensitivities these are things that I do in my own travel routine to make that whole process smoother for myself all right, so let's start with something pretty simple, and this is what to do on the airplane when you are going over to your destination. I feel like this applies to any length of flight, but especially applies to longer flights. So if you are going to another country, for example, and you're gonna be in the airplane for 12 to 14 hours, these little things you could do to make that process a little bit more comfortable for you can make a huge difference in the long run. Something that you can do is bring a cup of ramen and your comfort snacks on your carry-on bag. This is something that people wouldn't really prioritize or think it's that important because it seems like a luxury, but you will be surprised with how important carrying that cup of ramen will be or carrying your comfort snacks will be in unpredictable moments where you may not get to eat food or you may not get to eat a nice meal and you're running on an empty stomach. I feel like as a neurodivergent person, when I am hungry on top of dealing with all these other sensory sensitivities, it makes that experience that much more intense and can lead to possible shutdowns or meltdowns because your body doesn't have the fuel it needs to regulate itself properly. And so there are certain times where I'm at the airport where I might miss a flight or the food options at the airport may not be what I want. And it is a part of autism and even ADHD to have disordered eating in correlation to the diagnosis. So one time I was at the airport and I had these really long layovers and connecting flights and I was completely exhausted I just spent four days at Disney World at a bachelorette weekend. I had an early flight, wasn't able to eat. And when I had the long layover in between my flights, I went straight to the food court so that I could finally eat something. And upon making a circle around the food court, which was so full, there were so many people, it was so loud, there was so much going on. But on top of that, every single restaurant available didn't have food that I really wanted to eat. And so 
you would think if you were that hungry, you would just eat whatever at that point. But the thing was, I just couldn't seem to bring myself to eat. And so what I ended up doing was going back to my gate and just sitting there for the next few hours until I ultimately boarded my next flight. And by the time I landed at home, it was late at night. I hadn't eaten anything all day. I had barely drank water as well. And I just felt completely sick to my stomach, almost like I was gonna faint. This is another thing. In the past, when I've had to fly 13 to 14 hours to another country, I have always been very picky in particular with airplane food. And if the meal options aren't anything I like, I will literally not eat. And I have not eaten on a 13 hour flight before to another country and just landed feeling completely sick to my stomach and like I was gonna faint. So you don't wanna be like that, right? You don't wanna starve yourself. It's not fun mentally, emotionally, and physically, and you will literally get physically sick. So this is just a part of my autism and my neurodivergency. And a lot of other neurodivergent people go through this as well. I wanna just validate you guys and say that you're not being difficult, a way to make up for instances like that is to always make sure you carry with you some sort of snack that you know you like that you know you can eat in moments like that because it's something familiar you can depend on it which provides that emotional support and that predictability that you so crave in certain moments of traveling snacks that i like to bring during travels is a certain type of granola bar certain types of chips that I know I like and will always want to eat like hot Cheetos. And on longer trips, I like to bring cup of ramen. In moments like that, it is helpful to have that cup of ramen because you could just ask the flight attendant to just fill that thing up with hot water and they are more than happy to do that and you can enjoy that cup of ramen as your meal. If you know you're more picky than the average person, maybe what that means is you'll bring more snacks than usual. For me, I'm not so picky where I will not eat airplane food at all. It's just there's certain times where I can't predict what meals are gonna be on there and I can't predict whether or not I'm gonna wanna eat it. So it's just nice to have some of those snacks on hand and the ramen on hand for those types of moments. And I will add, there's been many times where I'll be eating my cup of ramen, so shin ramen or my kimchi ramen, and someone next to me will tap my shoulder and ask where I got it from. And I literally will tell them, I brought it myself. I was prepared for this moment. I feel like that's just like a nice little luxury thing that is so easy, but means a lot on those long flights and is just such an easy accommodation you could do for yourself. Another thing I recommend when you're on the flight is to just have activities that you could switch in and out of to just keep yourself entertained while you are sitting in that one position for that extended period of time. I not only have autism, but I also have ADHD. So a part of having ADHD is just getting bored very easily and needing to switch in and out of all these different types of activities to stimulate yourself. So the things I like to switch in and out of is eating, 
sleeping, bringing my video games. So I bought myself a Nintendo Switch for my birthday that I just had. And I also bought that for the purpose of these long flights I'm gonna be on because I wanna be able to play different types of video games while I'm on the flight, which I could also play a two person game with, with my partner. I'm also going to bring with me my crochet project. I also like to keep a journal on me if any sort of random realization or thoughts come to mind and I wanna immediately write it down before it gets forgotten into the abyss because those of you with ADHD will understand once that thought pops up, if you don't write it down somehow, it will be gone. It's lost forever. So I usually like to keep a little notepad on me at all times in general because of these random thoughts that come to me but especially when i'm traveling and on flights it's nice to have as well because for some weird reason when i'm traveling whether that's in a car or airplane i tend to have these very intense realizations and also ideas on my last flight from portland back home i literally had like 20 different video ideas that just came to me all at once and Luckily, I had a journal so I could jot it all down. I also like to bring with me a book that I'm reading at the moment. So for me, what that is, is Neurodivergent Mind by Janera Nirenberg. That's also a book that I am reading here on my channel. And of course, for comfort levels, I like to bring my own neck pillow so I could find different sleeping positions that works for me. I like to wear comfortable socks to keep my toes and my feet warm. And I like to wear very loose fitting clothes that doesn't compress any parts of my body, but especially doesn't compress my stomach because I know some pants, the waistband, especially when you're sitting down for extended periods of time, that waistband can very easily start to wear on you because you feel that compression on your diaphragm or on your organs. And when you're sitting there for 14 hours, the last thing you want to feel is that compression. It just doesn't feel good. And you really want to be as comfortable as possible and not have to worry about your clothes when you're on those long flights. All right, now moving into the trip in general as a whole. So something I think is very important as an autistic person or if you're a sensitive person is to keep in mind your sensory comforts when you are traveling. The reason why I say this is important is because when you are traveling, there's a lot of new unexpected experiences, which is not necessarily a bad thing, right? But there is going to be an aspect of yourself, and especially if you're autistic, where you want to cling onto a familiarity or a sensory comfort. I realized that this was something really important to me after I was diagnosed with my ADHD and autism, and I went on a few trips just to other states within the US, and there were a lot of moments where I would be completely exhausted but still not able to sleep because I am so overwhelmed and overstimulated and on edge. And because I wasn't able to relax, I would just lay there in the bed, listening to all of these unfamiliar sounds and just feeling so uncomfortable. After a few of these experiences, I realized I needed to take more effort and intention on bringing those comfortable items that I could rely on in those moments of discomfort to create a safe space for myself. And the funny thing is, is that these things that I bring along are not even really big, expensive, extravagant things. These are really small things that makes a huge difference for someone like me. 
And that's why I feel like this video is going to be very helpful because these are things that I hadn't thought about for the longest time and maybe you guys hadn't even thought about. I feel like oftentimes what people do is they buy all these travel sized items for their trips because it's convenient and it doesn't really matter. But I noticed that being able to buy the travel size bottles and fill it up with the things that I already use at home on a day to day basis makes a really big difference to me because it allows me to still do that morning and night routine around my hygiene. And if you think about it, when you are getting ready for bed or getting ready for the day, that is a routine that's setting yourself up to relax or be comfortable. Let me share with you some of my sensory familiarities that I like to bring along with me and makes a huge difference while I am in a whole new world. So for example, the shampoo and conditioner I use, I've had for a good year and I haven't switched out of it at all. And so the texture of it, the color of it, the smell of it is something I I'm so familiar with and is so ingrained into my routine. So something as simple as just buying a travel shampoo that I've never used before and using it on the trip can instill a very deep sense of discomfort because it takes me out of that familiar routine that I'm so used to day in and day out at home. And the same thing goes for other types of sensory things that are familiar to you like my skincare routine. That is gonna be super important to me when I'm traveling. Another thing I do is I bring my own little travel towel. So the reason why I bring my own travel towel is because, I, again, I'm super sensitive to new things. I notice that when I am in a hotel or an Airbnb, I get grossed out by the towel sometimes if it's a certain type of texture, smell, or color. And it's not like I can't use the towel at all, it just is that extra layer of discomfort that is painted on in my day. And those are those little things that really makes a big difference to us, right? And so if I could account for that and bring my own towel that I'm used to and it smells like home, it smells like me, I know it's clean. If I don't use it for my hair, I at least use it for my face when I do wash my face and I wanna pat it dry, especially because when you are patting your face, you could really smell the towel then. So it's really important to me to be able to pat my face with something familiar and something that I could trust. And of course you wanna bring comfortable pajamas because a lot of the times when you are at your hotel room or Airbnb, that is the time where you need to relax. You need to lay your head down at night and be able to fall asleep so that you're reinvigorated for the next day. So making your temporary home environment in an unfamiliar place as comfortable as possible is essential. So what I notice is that I am the most comfortable in a big, soft t-shirt when I am traveling because that is the ultimate comfort slob level I want to be when I am relaxing at the end of the day after a full day of excursions in an unfamiliar place. Another thing you could do is if you may not be sure about the food situation at the place you're traveling to, you can bring a box of granola bars with you just to keep on hand in case there are moments where you are not able to get to food or not able to eat food. There were moments, especially when you're traveling with other people where you're not able to eat when you want to eat and 
it's important to be able to still have something to snack on and have in your system. Another thing that is really helpful is to have on hand a pair of glasses that can limit the amount of light that's coming into your eyes. This is something you may not utilize at all or often, but it's at least helpful to have on hand, especially if you're having a particularly bad day where you're being overstimulated. And so examples of this is either blue light blocking glasses, orange glasses, or sunglasses. I feel like when you are staring at a screen for too long, for me personally, I get really piercing, sharp migraines. If you imagine being in an airplane for 14 hours, staring at screens nonstop, will start to wear on you. So for me, I'm gonna bring my blue light blocking glasses for those reasons to manage my migraines and manage the amount of blue light coming into my eyes. A more intense version of the blue light blocking glasses are these orange glasses. So this is something I wear when I'm very, very sensitive to light both outdoor light or artificial indoor light because this helps counteract all of the intense light and makes everything orange, especially blue light. And so this is definitely something I wear when I'm feeling particularly sensitive to light. And of course, regular sunglasses helps with managing the sun and bright light in that sense. This is just something nice to have to be able to accommodate for your light sensitivities. All right, so when it comes to packing clothes for your trip, I feel like I had struggled a lot with this in the past because I would prioritize packing the best outfits. But what I come to realize is that a lot of the times if the clothes aren't comfortable to me, it makes my experience completely miserable. And so in that aspect, it's important to prioritize your comfortability over your appearance. And if there's a way for you to get both of those needs met, that's absolutely perfect, right? What makes clothes comfortable for you? Things to keep in mind is the texture of the clothing item. As an autistic person, I had to really figure out what types of textures I like versus types of textures I completely cannot stand. There are so many clothes. I probably have donated bags and bags of clothes that I never worn because the texture was icky to me. I noticed that I always gravitate to the same clothing items again and again and again. Even if I have a closet full of clothes, I will end up wearing the same five items. Look for the texture of the clothes look for the fit. I really don't like things that cuts in on certain parts of your body. Compression clothes are different. I feel like compression clothes kind of distributes that tightness throughout your body in an even way. And something really important is dressing appropriately for the weather. This one is huge. Nothing will irk me more and take me out of an experience more than just being too hot or too cold. I feel like temperature dysregulation is such an easy way for us to have meltdowns or shutdowns. It makes it harder for you to socialize. It makes it harder for you to think. It makes you more irritable. It makes you more anxious. And so having the proper temperature regulation correlates directly with the types of clothes that you have access to. And so doing that research prior to traveling as to what the humidity is going to be like, what the temperature is going to be like, is going to be super important when you are choosing the right clothes to bring with you. 
Another super important and easy thing you could do is bring the proper medication for yourself. A lot of autistic people also have coexisting medical, physical ailments. For me, I struggle with high blood pressure. I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with hypertension. I struggle with chronic pain because of my scoliosis and just being so tense all the time. When my migraines get really, really bad, I like to bring extra strength Tylenol. I also like to bring medication for nausea because I have pretty intense motion sickness. I've thrown up so many times on airplanes, so it's important for me to bring either Dramamine, a Scolamine patch. I also like to bring my ADHD medication to help manage my ADHD when I am traveling. I don't necessarily take my ADHD meds all the time when I'm on my trip because I can allow myself to be a little bit less rigid and just get distracted. But it's just nice to have in case there is a day when I do want more order to the chaos in my head. And another thing I like to bring with me is I like to bring edibles, you guys. So I'm not encouraging you guys to get into edibles if you don't take it. But I will say for me personally, edibles, specifically indica edibles, has made such a big difference in helping to manage my physical tension and my anxiety, which is primarily physical anxiety. The difference between me and other people with anxiety is my anxiety is very physical. I'm very tense, like I said so many times throughout this video, and I have a hard time sleeping at night. I have a hard time relaxing. And this is particularly the case when I am traveling and in an unfamiliar environment. So it's really important for me to be able to have my indica gummies with me. And I don't take the whole thing. I manage it pretty well depending on what my needs are. Sometimes I'll take a fourth just to relax a little bit. And sometimes I might need to take a half to be able to fall asleep and be able to physically relax and be able to breathe, right? Like the ADHD medication, I don't need to take it. Sometimes I don't need to take it at all, but it's just nice to have in case I do feel particularly tense and anxious for whatever reason. Again, all of these accommodations are just there at your disposal, whether or not you use it. But the key part of this video is that if you do need it, it's there. If you do need that support, you have that support. And that's the important thing. So another thing I love doing is making a detailed itinerary. And let me explain to you what my itinerary consists of. As I've said multiple times, when you travel to a new place, even if you've been there before, but the experience is new because you're not gonna experience the same exact thing as last time. When you travel somewhere, you're out of your element. So it's really nice to have some sort of plan so that you know what to expect generally. I feel like when it comes to autism, planned chaos or planned spontaneity is our sweet spot. I know you can't plan for everything and expect it to go exactly how you want, but these are the factors I do like to plan for and do like to know what to expect. Things like knowing exactly where you're gonna stay and where you're gonna lay your head at night makes a really big difference to me. So being able to thoroughly go through the hotel and what the hotel looks like, what the room's gonna look like, or likewise, what the Airbnb's gonna look like and all the amenities, what the bed's gonna look like, all of that stuff is really important for me to get right before I go and travel. And I like to generally plan 
out each day and what we're gonna do and what we're gonna see and generally plan out what types of food I wanna eat. So when I say generally, what this means is it doesn't have to happen, but it's something I can at least look forward to so that when the day comes, we're not just scrambling to figure things out. We can at least look to target those specific things that I wrote down and make that happen. It's just kind of whittling things down a little bit more to make things easier for you the days of. Even though my itineraries for certain trips may look really detailed because every single day I'll write out what we're gonna do, what we're gonna see, what we're gonna eat, the thing is, is that when the day actually comes, if those plans don't fall through, I'm fine with it. It's just there for me to lean on and rely on for comfortability. Of course, your ability to adapt will depend on who you are and your circumstances. Everyone will have different needs. That is just something that's worked with me. I do have a partner that also has ADHD. He's really good at adapting in that very moment. So what's worked for us is I do these itineraries. I do all the planning. I do all the booking. I do all of the brain work beforehand. But when it comes to the day of, if anything really goes awry, he's the person that's going to take my hand and get us to pivot or adapt in that moment. And I am completely fine to then give up that power and let him lead me wherever we need to go. I remember this one time I was in Japan with my best friend where we didn't plan enough how to get from the airport to our Airbnb. And so after that 14 hour flight, we were also lost in Tokyo with our heavy luggages, just walking around for two hours. No one knew English. We were exhausted and hungry. And I just wanted to get to our place and fall asleep and relax. I remember just having a meltdown because we weren't properly prepared. And so because of that experience, what I come to realize is that, especially when I'm traveling to a new country, it's important for me to be able to go on Google Maps and generally map out how to get from point A to point B and have those screenshots ready in my camera roll. Because when you're in a new country, sometimes you're not able to access your phone and search things up and so, it's nice for me to know that I can rely on those directions on my phone in case you're in a moment where you're lost. And what I also like to do as a precaution is to search up and screenshot the street view of your location and what's around it so that in the moment you know you have these visual identifiers to look for when you are looking for your Airbnb or your hotel. This is super helpful for me because I am such a visual person. So if I know that my building is yellow, for example, I can be very good at looking for that yellow building when we are in the streets looking for our destination. All right, you guys, we have reached the end of today's video. I hope it's been helpful for you. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to all of these little accommodations and adjustments that I have gathered for myself over the years and over all of my experiences of travel. If you yourself implement any of these tips and tricks that I offered today and it's worked well for you, let me know. And if you yourself have any tips and tricks, leave it in the comments below. Perhaps it'll help me and perhaps it'll help someone else out there. I encourage you guys to always go out there and discover new things, travel, experience life, but do it in a way that feels right to you. All right, you guys, I will see you on next week's video. Bye.